Michelle Carr has amassed over 3 million subscribers with her unique ability to take on the world's most demanding challenges. From Marine Boot Camp to FBI Academy to training like a Victoria's Secret supermodel, Michelle has completely lived it all while sharing her experiences for the entire world to see. Today we're diving into the business of Michelle, getting an inside look into some of the most demanding careers of the 21st century, seeing which careers make the most amount of money, and all of that starts as soon as you subscribe. Did you subscribe, Jack? No. You gonna do it? Yes. Okay. Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. My name is Michelle. And if I had to guess, I think that the podcast has made $2 million. Oh, man. No. <laughs> Divided by like 10. <laughs> yeah. And I then wish. it would be closer. $270,000 exactly today. Just off AdSense. <laughs> just, just, just off AdSense. Yeah. Yeah. Just off amazing. AdSense. Yeah. yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Back at the old abode. I know. We were in LA for Vid Summit, and so we may do, and we're back at our old spot now. So uh, thank you so much for being able to make this happen, for coming down here. And uh, here's what I found interesting. Colin and Samir called you the most badass person. What was it? In the world? Or what, what is this? Not in the world. I think Not in the world. Badass. On YouTube? First yeah. On YouTube. On YouTube. On the corner of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. on the, in the universe. <laughs> And I have to say, I recently watched your uh, marathon video where you ran oh, 30 you. miles. And I watched your progression through that. And then I went through the backlog. And I've seen your videos before in the past. But I think it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago, where when you posted that video, I went through all the other videos. Oh, God. I was, <laughs> I was really impressed because it looked like these movie production uh, videos that you're posting on YouTube like joining the SWAT team, the 911 dispatch. Mm -hmm. And you've done these incredible careers for like a week and then documented that. It's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's really... Thanks for the views. How do, yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> How did you get started on that? And you start with BuzzFeed, is that correct? Yeah, so um, when I moved to LA, I actually moved out because I was signed to a professional cycling team for road cycling. My senior year of college, I somehow won nationals. Um, and so I got signed and moved to LA. And while I was here, I was also working at BuzzFeed because being a female professional athlete is not a very lucrative thing, specifically in cycling. I can't speak for other sports. And so I was literally like waking up at four, training, going to work, making, you know, the crazy BuzzFeed videos you've mm -hmm. seen. Um, and then after work, training again, going to sleep. Friday, I would leave work, fly somewhere in the world, race, come back. It was a pretty wild experience um, at the same time. So I was growing as an athlete and also as a video producer. And so it kind of got to this point where I was like, I feel like I should merge these two loves. And so I left my job at BuzzFeed and started Challenge Accepted, which is the series I do on my channel. And I kind of said goodbye to professional cycling because I felt like I could reach a larger audience if I took my skill set of athleticism and everything I learned from being on a professional team and applied it to any profession. I'm really curious because you said that you won nationals. So there was a time where you were the best female cycler. Like basically in high school? A very brief time. Cycler. Uh, cycler? Was cyclist? <laughs> yeah. Cycler? Yeah. Cycler. Um, and it, well, in a very specific event, the Criterium, under 23. That's interesting. So I did cross country in high school, and I noticed that a lot of the hard work and effort that I put into cross country translates into so many other facets of my life. Have you noticed that your history in cycling translates to some other growth in your professional career? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that just like being able to be regimented, waking up early, committing fully to everything I do, all of that comes from that arena of life. I think there's a big crossover between people who are good at fitness and 100%. who are successful in other areas. Because mm -hmm. anyone who's like really buff or like really dedicated to their craft of like <laughs> working out, I've noticed though, 
they tend to be good in other areas too because mm-hmm. of the same qualities it takes to like go to the gym, do stuff when you don't feel like it. You have to have an it affinity translates. for pain. Yeah. And an understanding that on the other side of pain is something greater. Yeah. And that applies to any form of entrepreneurship. I think it's also delayed gratification because if you go to the gym once, you're like, why didn't I get a six pack? Then it's (laughs) like you want to see the progression over a year and not necessarily like here's a day or a week. Also, if you're physically fit, you feel more motivated just in general. And feeling better obviously will translate to working hard. How do you get a job at BuzzFeed? How did that start? What what year was this? Oh my god! Like was this that? This was like the 2014. So like, oh as Buzz, Buzzfeed was like the heyday, like going through the right thing. Was that, before the heyday, and then yeah. I sort of witnessed that the climax, rise and fall. Yeah. Okay, I, I left the rise and fall. To be blunt with it, Graham. It's like the title I mean, of a video essay. The rise it, and it fall. It sounds exactly like a Sunny V2. I've been watching too many of those videos now. I watch all of them. So yeah, the rise and fall of Buzzfeed. Um, I, I honestly just yeah. applied okay. and I got an opportunity to interview. And as part of the interview process, you have to say, like you check a box, this is you live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Obviously I checked the box, but I didn't. Um, so when I got the interview, I used like the little savings I had. And I was like, I'm just going to buy a round trip ticket to LA for 24 hours. Hope I get it. Thank God I did. And I moved to LA. To- What's the pay like when you start at BuzzFeed? Is it, is it good? Or I, I've, I've heard they... <laughs> Maybe don't pay the most competitive, but it's BuzzFeed, so it's like you want to get your foot in the door. Well, I mean, I think that at that time, the connotation of BuzzFeed was very different than it is now. Um, And again, this was like, like you just mentioned, kind of on the rise to peak. I think the peak viewership was in 2015. Mm. I I might have that wrong. Um, But it was like a really cool place to work and to learn. And as you know, even from your experience working for Graham, and everything you've learned from that, um, you make those sacrifices at the beginning of your career. So it was definitely like hourly, like just barely above mm. minimum wage. Definitely make a lot more as a solo YouTuber sure. than you do. And what was the appeal to BuzzFeed for you? So I am very, uh, I'm a very structured person. I work very well when there's a coach figure in my life. And I'd seen a lot of other YouTubers just sort of I put up a video and then I went viral and, and now I have a career out of it. But at that time, I felt like there were very few case studies of a procedural approach to mm. success on YouTube. And BuzzFeed to me was like a Disney channel of YouTube at the time. It was an opportunity to, oh, I could go, I can be on a show there or learn learn the whole industry. And then after my career at channel is done, I go on and do something else. So that's sort of how I saw it. I saw it almost as like, instead of going to grad school and going in debt for grad school, okay, I'm going to go to grad school for YouTube and learn everything. And I, and I did. What were you doing for them exactly? So my technical title was video producer. So that really meant everything. Yeah, sure. So we would have to conceptualize the videos, film them, edit them, and upload six a month. And what's the process like? Who comes up with the ideas? Is this all on you? And you, who do you run the ideas by, if that's the case? Well, again, it's been, a, it's been quite a while since I've been there. But at the time, we would you know, have group brainstorms. We were kind of divided into different teams. There was a team for like food videos or um, IRL scripted videos. There was unscripted. So we would sort of brainstorm as a team, think like at Greenland, and then you'd go off and shoot yeah. and edit everything. Speaking of that, whatever happened to that one guy who did the mm-hmm. food did like the the most expensive food the Steven. least yeah what happened to it are they still doing that um so he Stephen Lim um Ryan and Shane who were the guys from yeah. BuzzFeed Unsolved they left and started their own YouTube channel called Watcher 
are they not doing that format anymore? Because it was so good. I loved when they're in the car format. and the guys in the back yeah. of the audio thing just like tinkering. Of I course. miss those videos. Really special. Um, I don't think they're doing that exact series anymore because okay. they're not at BuzzFeed and I'm assuming it's owned by them. But they do kind of similar content on sure. them. Got it. And when did you decide to leave? I decided to leave in 2017. And I kind of got to this point where a lot of creators that are probably the most famous creators there, like Quinta, the Try Guys, et cetera, they were sort of moved into this really cool department called the development department. Develop, they all got these special contracts. And I sort of reached this point where I was like, I could either stay here and wait for the opportunity to be given a contract or I could leave and like really bet on myself and see if I can do it and own the whole thing process yeah so i i really took a risk but i i just put in my two weeks and i was like i've got to do something for me because again like being you know a first generation immigrant um my dad moved here with nothing i felt like my whole life i'd sort of done stuff that followed a specific path whether it was like get a good sat score go to a good college do this do this and i was like you know what i want to try carving my own and if it and yeah. you all come back and work here no. again. Were you making videos on the side already? Or were you just a BuzzFeed, you had some savings and decided to make the, the leap? So I would say like six to 12 months before I left, I decided to move into a small studio apartment, cut down all of my expenses. I stopped doing mm. like literally everything. I pulled the Graham stuff in oh, lifestyle, full That's frugality. That's great. It's Graham happy. <laughs> Get a yeah. duplex, yeah. <laughs> drive a Prius. All right. Yes. <laughs> Um, not even a Prius, like a really old, like ten year old car. Right. Invest in watches. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no watches. Get that four GT is an investment. And I I did that because I wanted to train myself to be comfortable with failure. Yeah. If I go out and do something entrepreneurial and I make no money doing it, I'm gonna have to be comfortable with this lifestyle. And so I decided, why not get comfortable there? So everything else is a fun surprise. Every form mm. of success is a surprise. Um, yeah, but thankfully the channel did well. Was it after. right off the bat? Was it like an instant success? Like what was Not. the first video you posted? So the first, so I did a why I left Buzzfeed video because everybody did. Right. Um, I honest, think those pop off, right? They did. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people look at those videos and they're like, oh, it's like a way to get e or drama yeah. for views or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I think people are just going to click on this video because of the title. So I, instead of sit down, talk to camera about my experience because I was like, nobody actually cares. I decided to make it a Marvel trailer. So I hired a bunch of people who were like in the Marvel stunt team to craft this fight scene and it was meant to be like a trailer for my channel. Hmm. So it was kind of a fun bait and switch surprise. Sure. But when I posted that video, I got a couple hundred thousand subscribers. Now again, when other people have left BuzzFeed, they've grown a million followers in a week. That was not me. And so from there, I had just had steady grind, you know, like grinding out videos, pushing myself. Because again, like I didn't have an established show like the Try Guys or anything mm -hmm. when I was there. I really kind of developed that on my own trial and error 
after my time there. Listen, as we all know, YouTube could be a great way to consume a lot of great free content, but as a creator, it becomes difficult to monetize and could often be very inconsistent. Well, thankfully, today's sponsor, Uscreen, is an easy-to-use membership platform that allows creators with large or small followings to get paid the way you want to. Uscreen creators are from a variety of industries and backgrounds, from fitness, education, music, financial courses, or anyone that wants to make money from their video content and create their own community. The main benefits with Uscreen is that it has everything all in one place. Uscreen handles all of the video hosting, live streaming, payments, billing, marketing, etc. So all you have to worry about is making the best content possible. You also get access to powerful website themes designed to monetize videos. They also allow you to build your own mobile and TV apps so that your viewers can watch your content anywhere at any time. It's quick to set up, it's fully customizable, and no coding skills are required. It's perfect for people like video creators, instructors, coaches, influencers, and entrepreneurs looking to build a predictable revenue stream from their videos. So if you're a content creator and you want to have reliable month-to-month income, check out Uscreen with that link down below in the description. Again, the link is down below in the description to get started today. And now, let's get back to the podcast. I'm curious when you put in your two weeks, did they not try to fight for you to keep you around? Because I still feel like, although you maybe didn't you didn't have like a dedicated show, you were still kind of a staple. Of- Thank you. Um, I, you know, I had I had some meetings when I was there before I left, but ultimately I, I stayed firm and my wants and they were not at the time I think seeing the value in keeping me on in that capacity again because I wasn't like dry guy or anything like that and other people had left um and I was just really firm in what I wanted and the level oh wow <laughs> you're good you're good don't worry <laughs> that's terrifying oh my god I was like Buzzfeed's calling right now I think I was just really firm in what I wanted and honestly like the things that I wanted I could have only gotten doing myself having full ownership of the show having complete creative control can really only get that when you totally own something end to end so even if they had come back with like oh we'll pay you this much or this that or the other i don't think i would have gotten the actual value i wanted until i actually had left which is why you know you see so many people have left even regardless of whatever contract they had how long was it until you stumbled upon the current format of your your channel it probably took me a year of trial and error on my own youtube channel before i really developed what people know today as challenge accepted. And what was the first one you did? The first one that I did, technically, I I did a video where I trained like a Victoria's Secret model for five weeks. And I found this guy named Steve who is like in Culver City and he's trained multiple of the Victoria's Secret runway models. And, you know, back then in like 2018, I guess, that was sort of a hot topic is like, how are these women actually preparing for this runway show? I'm someone who is very short, so I would never get hired by Victoria's Secret anyways. But I thought, what would happen if I, you know, as a, a normal person, would push myself to do something like this, following the diet, following everything, and just see what happens? And um, I, the video ended up doing really well. Yeah. And so I, I found myself at this crux, like, you have these difficult decisions where you can do what's easy. Like you could do a video that takes a day to produce or you could do something that takes a really long time to produce and bet on it. You know, like I don't know when I put up a video that I've spent six months of time filming if it's going to do astronomically well, but I will know that it's a great product. And that video really challenged me to do that. Like, yeah. Oh my God, we spent five weeks training for this, three weeks editing, put it up. God knows how it will do. And thankfully it, 
well. Yeah. So it really encouraged me to just put my head down and really commit fully to every single video I make. What so was I that process like? <laughs> Can you walk us through what it was like training? And like, what was the most surprising from that? The, that for, for that as a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like what was involved in that? Um, <laughs> Graham's looking for a new training regimen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, I was working with Steve Zim, who's a fantastic trainer. So I pretty much just show up at like six or seven every day, work out there for two hours, go home. There was a very specific meal plan that I followed. And from there, it was just rinse and repeat. And I would say with any challenge, whether it's fitness or otherwise, the first week really exciting because it's oh my gosh I have a new lifestyle I'm really committed I feel a lot of um, excitement about it it's a whole mind and body shift and I find that in every single video I do it doesn't matter if it's training like Victoria's Secret model training like a chess grandmaster every single video I do where I have to commit to something for an extended period of time it's a complete like metamorphosis Mm. way have any of this habits stuck with you Let's say the the two hours of working out in the morning and egg whites, like I bet if I do that for a few months, I just stick with it. I just continue that. No, it's really easy to stick to it when you have a video or like a specific goal in mind. Mm -hmm. But the time period after, like once you put up the video is this very bizarre, like no man's land. And someone I know, another creator actually did a video recently where they like did a body transformation for five weeks and he texted me, he's like, is it normal to feel completely directionless after the video goes up? And I was like, yes, completely normal. Um, but I find unless, unless I have a video or like a very specific goal, it doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't become like a full habit shift. Now, obviously aspects of things like from my military videos, for example, mm-hmm. anytime I've worked with the military or a, you know, a, a distinct government organization, I reaffirm that appreciation for waking up early and like every minute of every day can be effectively used. Um, but I don't fully like, I've, I haven't like fully changed my life necessarily from one. It's kind of like picking and pulling the things that I love the most yeah. about each. What would you say was your least favorite to train for? Chess. Really? Why is that? <laughs> Do you just not like chess? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, it was the hardest. It was the hardest. There were lots of things I loved about chess and so <laughs> many great people who tried to help me learn chess when I did it. Um, but chess was absolutely the most difficult um, because it was fully mental challenge. And I like I was a pretty academic person growing up. Like yeah. I was I loved math. And but and I thought, OK, I like math. Chess. Chess is math, right? Is it? I don't is even it math? know. I don't you still don't know. <laughs> Obviously, aspects of chess are math. Yeah. But it's definitely a different muscle beyond academia or ability. I don't even know how to describe it, but it literally drove me crazy because it was in the pandemic, so I mm. couldn't film <clears throat> a lot of the normal stuff I, I usually film, and people had requested chess for a while, so I decided, I gave myself this arbitrary goal of a 1,000 EVO, which is like a ranking within mm. chess. But okay, I'm going to try and get a 1,000, and one of the chess coaches I was working with, another YouTuber, Gotham Chess, like, okay, you can get there in a month, maybe three months. It took me eight months Video is eight months of footage of me just pouring my heart and soul over a freaking chessboard, losing my mind in the pandemic. Like I I was going through so So, many arcs, like the world was shutting down. I was like stuck inside my brain. But that was chess is I I admit defeat to chess. I feel like I've succeeded. What about about chess? Like what was the most difficult part about that? Because I know it's all strategy and like this piece goes here. It's just a game of like logic, right? 
or do you have to? It's like logic. A lot of it's memorization. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But isn't some of... you have to know your opponent and like they're more likely to play aggressive yeah. and therefore yeah. I have to like build around exactly. that. Exactly. There's a, there's a lot of knowing the opponent, <clears throat> studying their opening versus yours, adjusting your defense against their opening. Like the permutations of chess are just literally infinite and it, it kind of drove me crazy just a little. But I think that it, it bothered, it, it was tough for me to sit with myself. In every other challenge, there's a physical component. I'm moving through something. I understand that pain as an athlete. Mm. Um, but for some reason, chess, because I couldn't, there wasn't like a meditation to it for me. Like there is moving my body physically. Yeah. That makes sense. It's your point you wanted to give up on that one. Oh like my God. Four months ambulance. Constantly. <laughs> scrap, scrap this idea. Constantly. I mean, I, I think there was even a, a segment of time where I was like, I got to take a week off. I can't. You know, I, I, I had to take time away. I had to come back. Yeah. Um, it, it was like wrestling this, it's like wrestling a snake or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Sure. But yeah, I, I definitely wanted to give up. There are a lot of times in my videos I want to give up. Even the marathon video yeah. that you saw recently. I'm like, do I really need to run 30 miles? Yeah, Can you explain that to the viewers <laughs> who have not seen that video? Yeah. So, um, I, I, my most recent upload is a video where I ran a marathon in the hottest place on earth, kind of to celebrate my 30th birthday, I guess, <laughs> weird, weird birthday celebration. And I wanted to do it because I felt like it just sounded like a crazy thing to do. Who would run a marathon in the hottest place on earth? And it turns out, as I learned, there is a group of people who do this every summer. It's called the Badwater 135. They won 135 miles this place on earth in death valley um which so they're actually the true heroes of this yeah. but i thought you know what i want to challenge myself to really ring out the end of my 20s and push myself to that next level and just see what happens to my body and mind you know what can be achieved pushing myself to this limit so i trained for four weeks i had four weeks to prepare oh long. that's not yeah, long no. at all don't do that what guys. was the most you'd <laughs> run before that i have done a marathon previously okay but it had been a few years, and it wasn't in the hottest place on earth. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So for uh, for training for a marathon of this nature, you go out, you do your run, come home, and immediately get in a sauna. No water. Intentionally. What? No water. And you sit there for like 30 minutes, just sweating and honestly What's the confronting point of that, that. To acclimate to the heat. Because even though we're here in Los Angeles where it's quite warm during yeah. the summer, it doesn't compare to death valley so wow yeah how challenging was that was that like pretty challenging that was was that like <laughs> harder than the average challenge or not as hard as the it average? was it was more difficult than the average challenge i would say i mean all of them are incredibly hard i mean okay listen i this is gonna sound crazy yeah. i would rather run a marathon than do eight months of chess ever again what is it about this chess go thing? back to death valley put my ass back there and run a marathon in death valley just like Strongly dislike chess now. No, I love, I love chess. <laughs> When's the last time you played chess I casually? The game of chess. Um, the last game I played was literally the game where I crossed a thousand. Are you kidding? Like, so I'm you're done. just done? Yeah. Should no, play I'm... Alex Botez. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she, she actually helped coach me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that if you do a, a match with her? Well, I mean, I would like... lose very promptly, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could do chess yeah. boxing, so she can yeah. handle the chess and I can. That's a good Ludwig idea. That's doing what that. Ludwig he is doing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you're not participating in that, I am. You? I am okay. not. Um, that would actually be something to participate in. Yeah, that would be good. boxing. Cool, yeah. 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 That would be interesting. Are there, are there any ideas that you've just automatically just said no to? That you just don't want to do or maybe is too dangerous or like it's just. There are ones that I have said hard no to and then they find their way in yeah, somehow like and I end up doing them. The marathon is one of them. <laughs> um, training like a professional gamer was one that I did. So I trained with like a professional Fortnite team mm. back like a couple years ago when Fortnite was a bit more popular. That one I was like, I don't, is anyone going to care about this video? Because I am not a person who grew up with video games. So I didn't know too much about it. Now, obviously I understand now just like, again, being a professional gamer is another thing that I just have even more respect for. But probably the one I was most skeptical of was, so I went to Fire Academy for like training to be a firefighter. Yeah. And as a part of the training, they, they're like, we're gonna put you in a burning building. Now, is this a simulated burning building? No, real like, fire. Real was it a fire. real actual oh, yeah. fire that they'd not like, not like a real purposely house, not like a no it, it was a my apologies yeah. it was a training structure that's but okay. the whole yeah. thing's lit on fire god yeah I, was like, I thought it's I, like hey there's a burning house yeah. and you yeah. run in there and we'll be there in like three not minutes. quite yeah, okay. i only had a few days of training right. but when they said that i was going to do that i was like are you actually serious that y'all are gonna put me in a suit and have me go in there and not just sit in there and experience what it's like to be in a, a burning structure but there was a challenge involved. They had a, a mannequin in there, and then I like a certain amount of time for me to get in, drag the hose in, spray it down, and save the, the body before it was too late. Mm-hmm. I was like, are y'all actually serious here? Like, I am going in this burning building. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm glad that I was surrounded by incredible professionals to help guide me safely yeah. through all of that. But you've just gotten to do some really crazy once-in-a-lifetime stuff. Now, one video I found very interesting is the 911 dispatch. Oh, thank you. How did you come up with that idea? Well, actually, what's interesting about that video is, so it's the same organization that we did the firefighting episode with. So I did, um, it's South Metro Fire Rescue in Colorado. They're amazing. They actually have their own YouTube channel Mm -hmm. where they show day in the life of being a firefighter, being a paramedic. The firefighter video, we had a fantastic experience with them. We went back and I did a video where I went on a 24-hour paramedic shift with them. Mm. And while we were there, I was just thinking, this is obviously what we're experiencing is crazy, but could you imagine being the person who's answering the phone for the victim and then while on the phone with the victim, calling out the paramedics and the firefighters and everything? Yeah. So I was just kind of curious. And honestly, it was sort of like at the end of, 2021 when we started thinking about this idea pandemic was still a little hit or miss in terms of filming ability and we thought okay if we do 911 dispatch that's a bit more contained and honestly I didn't know how I was going to perform I was like are people going to care if I'm sitting at a desk answering the phone and obviously there's way more drama involved than that but I truly thought you know when we put up the episode I was like we'll see how it does yeah and I did not 
expect the reaction at all because I think we all take for granted the ability to call 911. Mm-hmm. Like if you passed out right now, we can call a phone number and someone will come at some point. And that is such a privilege. And and these people sit at a desk just waiting for those calls and waiting to receive someone on the worst day of their life. And the mental trauma and the chaos, I wanted to better understand all of that. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I would get too wrapped up and too emotional in like the calls. And I've heard some of these 911 calls on TikTok. It seems like a oh, new- Oh yeah, those are- a new thing right now is posting those calls on TikTok, yeah. but like, you know, um, voice and not the voiceovers, but like showing some B-roll and stuff like that. And I'm amazed at their ability to say so calm and unemotional throughout the oh call. Oh my God. And just, and just like, they're like, this has happened, this happened. Okay. Uh, so is, you know, is anyone injured? Oh, what's the injury? Okay. Where are you? Like, like stuff like that, but they're not affected. I'd be like, oh man, are you okay? <laughs> like, Graham, yeah. you so la- I, I wouldn't laugh, but I'm just like, I would- <laughs> No, of course Graham's not, but, I, but I'm just saying I, I would just be like, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to understand. You don't think you hearing. could do that? And remain unemotional? No. I don't know, man. I, don't I, feel know. Like, I feel like you'd be good at it. You're very logical. and No, I mean, I, I did, my heart would be racing. Yeah, I mean, when time, I did yeah. my fake call with an actor yeah. uh, at the end of my episode, I didn't know what kind of call I was going to get. And I was so surprised, like, why am I so emotionally impacted just hearing yeah. an actor talk to me about the birthing process and they're having a baby in their home and I'm the person guiding them through that? I mean, I think I was just so overwhelmed with the fact that like when I was working there and taking this fake baby call, there were people in the office who had actually done that mm. recently. Like, oh yeah, I've delivered multiple babies over the phone. I was the person that parents were calling during the STEM shooting. It, it's incredible. The the fact that these people are able to vocally remain calm while probably yeah. mentally going through a billion different hurdles is, it's a different type of bravery to me. So is it common for 9-11 dispatch people to be like constantly in therapy or in some sort of I was of wondering like, what the... What the mental like. health component yeah. is very interesting. And I don't think every dispatch location offers those services. Thankfully, South Metro does have some services of that kind where they... Um, you know, for any of their employees, I believe, who have experienced something specifically traumatic. How do they become that? Like, what's the process like to go through that process and say, I want to answer calls for 911? It's a pretty rigorous process. So I got to experience a little bit of it in my video, but there's like a a comprehension computer test where it's almost like, it's, it's sort of testing how quickly you can move the mouse and give directions over the phone those kinds of things. There's a typing test because while you're on the phone, you're also typing to the paramedics what's going on. Mm. So you're listening and then going through. Um, So that's a lot of the skills. And then of course an interview and doing some of those mock calls like I did to see how you actually perform under pressure. Wow. And what's your process like now for picking a video and like what does that look like? I pick the topics honestly based on things that I'm very curious about and will comment and ask for for specific things but something we did this summer was i actually went to the international butler academy Mm. in europe it's this castle in the middle of the netherlands where they train the butlers that go on to serve like the royal family presidents billionaires the 
Profession of buttling is one that I didn't even know. Wait, was. it's called buttling? I think that's the verb. How do you know buttle. that it still exists, honestly? Yeah. I thought that was it gone like 100 exists. years ago. You've, you've heard of that, Jack? No, no, just being a butler. Period. Oh, yeah. But yeah. isn't that crazy? Do, is that, they still, do they call them butlers? I feel yeah. like, really? No, obviously some of the graduates, they'll go on to like work at five-star hotels. or Executive like, assistants or something yeah. like that? Yeah, or like butler service on cruises. Wow. Yeah, some of these people go on to work for like private jet families like you nope. become a part of the family. what's training like for that like why does someone need to be trained to be a, a butler the training for butler academy is fascinating i really can't wait for this video to come out mm -hmm. but um it's a combination of like learning the specifics on every form of etiquette there was a three-hour class i sat in on tea if it's a green tea it steeps at this temperature for this long and then you remove this and it should be served with honey not sugar like there was a whole like chart, like diagrams for wow. every form of etiquette. One of the tasks I have to do is set a table. Did you know that there is a measurement accurate way to set a table? Like as in this many centimeters from the fork is the is the is the spoon and the knife. And, and they measure that out? With these big <laughs> like measuring sticks. They pull them out and it has to be measured perfectly. He gave me forty five minutes to do a place setting and I failed. Why does it matter? That's a really good question. And I think that's something I ask in like every episode or challenge that I take on. Why does it, why does it matter? Or why would you want to do this? And what's fascinating about the Butler Academy yeah. is I looked these students in the eyes. I'm like, why are you doing this? What are you right. doing this for? And they all genuinely in their heart wanted to serve. They, they receive like it's a, it, it must be a, a unique gene in my opinion, but they genuinely find their life's purpose is to help other people. Yeah. And but, the, the measurement yeah. thing, I was like, I looked. That's a little. The, the instructor yeah. was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are we doing this? Because when it's done correctly, it's, it's almost an art form. It just looks so beautiful. And I guess to some clients at dinner, whatever you, you know, whoever you're trying yeah. to impress, those little things that they might not even notice, that's what a butler is responsible for. It's the unspoken and unseen things that make you feel good inside. I feel like if I had a butler, I would just become their friend. And then yeah. they'd just like be hanging out with me all the time. It wouldn't, like they couldn't really serve me anymore because like we... Yeah, I feel bad asking them to do stuff like that. Yeah. Like, hey, this fork is like a centimeter off. Like I couldn't, I, I wouldn't care. Right. So there's so many things that I would just let slide. Like, ah, <laughs> <don't> slide. <laughs> that's not a big deal. Oh yeah, that, that you know that's fine. I, I'd be probably too easy. I mean, I I learned that I don't think I'm cut out to be a butler, yeah. but having one would be great. What is the pay like? Let's say they graduate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How much do they make afterwards? Six figures. Really? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's a 12-week program. You graduate and... Wait a second. So you're saying someone without a college degree Correct. could go through a 12-week exactly. program and make a hundred Best side hustle right there. Yeah. Add that to Why? your next video. Why yeah. are people doing this? Because I'd much rather do that than work like four years in college to going maybe... Yeah, going yeah. to debt for maybe, you know, 50, 60 grand right afterwards. Why aren't more people doing that? 
I think people don't know it exists and now they will because of my video. I don't know. Um, I, I guess it's, it could be just tapping Graham's into thinking it. we like, should withhold this information in case YouTube falls. He can then go in there. He doesn't want supply just, to be too. It's, I'm just saying it sounds too good to be true. A 12 week program, like people are going into the trades and like working of their course. way up as an appre uh, apprentice well, you know, when they could just be a butler. Of course. I mean, I'm sure it's so competitive, like only it's the very top competitive, like 10%. And yeah. a lot of the people there had prior hospitality service okay. experience of some kind. Now, not all of them had college graduates college degrees I should say by any means but they all had like worked at a nice hotel in some capacity they had experience before coming here it wasn't well actually no now that I'm thinking about it, there were a couple people who were 18 years old just graduated high school who were going to Butler Academy now obviously getting a job after yes. that that's the difficult part but the academy claims that many of their students on average go on to Figure Do they have to learn security too? I would imagine that's that should be part of their like training. home security. Just security in general. Like if they're out with their their employer and something happens, that they would have some sort of security training in addition to. Yeah, I think they do that, and I believe they also do. I didn't personally get to experience no. this, but they also learn some self defense, um, how to deal with a guest that may be at a party that they think in something like oh, very wow. difficult social situations that i mean it's incredible what they can do be like sir empty your pockets <laughs> let me yeah, see what's inside I, you, know. <laughs> you know what there's one it, this reminds me of something that i think you'd be fantastic at there's that uh in england what was it the nanny it was like this oh super my god nanny i want to do yes. a nanny school episode i reached out to them but yeah. they weren't available this summer but Please, the Norland School. Yeah, that was called. it. Yeah. And that was the one where they, they make crazy income. But they it, it, but for me, it was the security aspect of yeah. it. Like, they had the stroller, but they had this thing where they could, like, swap the stroller around, take the kid, and, like, shoot yes. a gun with the other hand. It's like, yeah. what? Because like, they yeah. have to protect the kids yes. at all costs. Yeah. A, a nanny? A nanny. Yeah. yeah they're oh they're trained Lord. with, like, firearms and, like, <laughs> like accuracy and, like, Every weapon you could imagine. Like a secret service it agent. Is. It's not even. But but they say yeah. that the salaries are like one hundred and fifty thousand uh -huh. dollars a year when they get to these families. <laughs> but they could like seriously think of a a good nanny. A wealthy person would easily pay three hundred grand a year. Yeah. yeah. For someone that travels with them who has security training. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And and the interviews of the people who go through that genuinely love kids mm -hmm. and they just want to do it. Exactly. And it makes a ton of money. Just like the Butler yeah. Academy. I was like, why? Why do you want to do this? Yeah. And the genuine, like they, the one of the um, instructors we met with, he said that one of the greatest joys was when he felt that his um, boss had accepted him as part of the family. Like that yeah. was for him a life milestone. Is buttling a nine to five, or is it? Like I think a it's like a twenty four seven type situation. Yeah. I'm sure that you know, in a lot of like upper class households who have this type of service, there are shifts or multiple butlers. Um, but in a way you're you're the house manager. If something goes wrong with the house or the family, you're there. It'd be yeah. so hard to have a life outside of buttling. Like ha having exactly. a girlfriend or yeah. boyfriend or like I had a friend in high school who had a live in nanny since he was a kid. Like I think since wow. like, you know, he was born there was always a live in nanny and she was a part of the family. I mean, just like she'd be at all the family events. I mean, they embraced her as just like, you know, as you would have like a brother or a sister. Yeah. And I think she continued to live in that even after he moved out. She's just that a part of the household. 
I mean, she's like, she was in gig. her like you know sixties, I think, at that point. But um, just it seems like a great relationship. She's really happy. I think it'd be cool yeah. to talk a little bit about the business structure. Yeah. I've I've been waiting for this question. All right, here we go. I'm <laughs> curious about it too because it seems the videos are so well produced. Thank you. That I'd imagine there's there's more than just like you and one person with a camera. Let's guess what the size it? of her team. I'm gonna say oh. I'm gonna say there are probably two to three full time people, and then three to five half time, part time. You have a guess? Yeah. Or I respond to that guess. No, no, no. no. I want to guess. You probably have. Two people for for camera work. I would say two people for editing, and then one person for like management and stuff. I'm gonna say five. Okay, so we have, in addition to myself, three full time employees. So you're perfect on right on there, and then we have like probably ten different freelancers that come in and out for filming whatever we do an episode like marathon. That was a crew of thirteen people. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so walk us operation. through, like, walk us through first, like, your average day, like an average work an day. Average How does, day. <laughs> what is that? Well, what does that process look like? Just in okay. general. Okay. So, like, yeah, I got it. Okay. So, my day is very completely based on what I'm training for. But typically, the way it goes is I'll wake up early, I will go and get my training done first. So, for example, Earlier this year, I did a video where I trained like an Olympic boxer for 100 days. So I would go super early in the morning, train, come home, shower, and then the rest of the day I spend producing. So I would say that my strongest skill set is in organization and Google Calendar, email management. Like me and Carissa do a lot of all of that movie planning. So when we shoot with the FBI, when we shoot with Secret Service, it's me on those calls. It's me picking the crew and making schedules and everything. So I I get like a weird sadistic joy out of that type of stuff. So yeah. that's pretty much what I spend the majority of my day doing. And in the afternoon, I'll do some sort of recovery, like an ice bath. So I'll do an ice bath, um, cook dinner, go to bed and do it all over again. But this is coupled with like, um, you know, in a couple weeks, we're going to, fly out and shoot a video. So I'll be gone for a week, but then I'm also, while we're on set, waking up early, taking calls, training for the other projects while I'm training for something else. At any given time, I'm probably training for two to three different projects at once. But to kind of answer your thing about like, what's a day like? Um, Like a year or two ago, there was one day where in the morning, I went and I piloted a fighter jet for NASA training. And in the afternoon, I went to ballet class for training like a ballerina for six weeks, so... It, it's really exciting, which is fun. So what's today? So today, today was, um, today we had a team meeting with our editors. Um, we're working on bringing on another editor right mm-hmm. now, which is really exciting. We're also hiring. So if you want to want to pull a jack and just slide into my DMs <laughs> and tell me how you can nice. help me, that'd be great. There you go. We're available and excited to have you. Yeah, so we were doing that. And then Carissa, actually our assistant producer, she's part-time Singapore, part-time LA. Okay. So she came in last night. So we were doing stuff with her, and then you're like, "Let's do a podcast." So we cleared off the afternoon. Cool. We're Thank like, you. Let's do it. Perfect. Do you have an office, or do you work from home? So that was an interesting thing. I was excited to talk to you about because you're the real estate person. Yeah. Um, so in the pandemic, we in- entertained the idea of an office or renting commercial real estate. And when we did the math, I was like, "We're gonna pay so much money for a rental on commercial real estate." So what we ended up doing 
was we found a house that has a guest house. So we re-outfitted the guest house to be our production office, and then we live in the main house. That's a very smart idea. That's what we had oh going on. Oh my God, Graham Stevens yeah. said I did something smart. <laughs> you did something right this Please time. Please clip that. Oh my God, I was <laughs> so worried you're gonna, you're gonna be like, you're doing no, no. Yeah, you should be moving to, <laughs> Move Vegas. to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we did here though. Jack was in the guest house, uh, yeah. and then I was here, and then we have the office here and some other like you know we use this yes. for filming, but it worked out really well. I love it. I love um, it because we don't have to drive anywhere yeah. to go in to work or whatever, and it just saves so much time because. I found that the most valuable resource is my time because I have to use so much of it for training, for being in the car, for whatever, that every minute matters. Mm-hmm. And the, the less time I can waste, even if it's just walking to the backyard to have a conversation with our team versus driving 10 minutes, that every minute matters. Yeah, I think even yesterday we did a podcast with Patty Galloway, oh, which is oh, he's fantastic. Great. He's really good. I spent more time in the car driving down there than we did actually filming a podcast. Wow. You know that, Jack? Yeah, but you went to the wrong hotel. No, it was 50 minutes to go from here to Marina Del Rey. 50 That doesn't make minutes. any sense. Lincoln Boulevard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. During well, rush hour great. traffic. Patty was great, but it was 50 minutes down there, and then I got to the wrong hotel. So Jack <laughs> just tells me he's at the Hyatt. Well, I didn't there, know, man. There That's... are three Hyatt hotels on Century Boulevard. Oh. Three. There's like the Hyatt Regency, the Hyatt Place, and there's like another Hyatt. I show up to the Hyatt Regency, and Jack says he's room 1207, uh, and so I go up to 1207, I'm knocking on the door, and I hear the shower going, and so I call Jack, I'm like, hey, no, you know, the shower's running, he's like, no, Humphrey's there, uh, he'll let you in, I'm thinking maybe Humphrey's is in the shower, so I just so wait. So you went to so the I'm wrong waiting. hotel, stranger's room. Yeah. Oh and my so, God. So, but I hear the shower keep going, and then I'm just like, I'm still knocking, they're not getting it, but I hear the shower going, and then I call Jack back, give me Humphrey's number, I'm like... Call Humphrey. Then he says, oh, let me open the door for you. I'm like, he's in the shower. <laughs> Opens it up. He's like, you're not here. Got the wrong hotel. Amazing. So packed everything up, went to the right hotel. But now but you have a great story. Now I have a great story. So, that's, <laughs> so that person was taking a shower and they're knocking. I'm curious, like, if they open, I'd be like, hey, I'm here for Jack. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and the only reason I got up to the room, by the way, was someone else went to the 17th floor and used their key card. Oh, my get me gosh. In. Yeah. It was Jeez. the only reason. It's just you were a good sport in. about it, though. That yeah, was fine, but yeah, no, I think I think that uh, that time aspect is extremely important. Yeah. Do you know how much it how much it costs to make your average video? Yeah. So, our average videos these days are anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. And how often are you posting? Once a month. Jeez. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is more than I thought. Yeah. Did, did you <laughs> do this math prior to coming on? Or do you um, just know? Just you. Well, I figured no, you yeah. guys were going to ask me. Yeah. I just know it already. Wow. Does that make you nervous in case the video gets demonetized or it doesn't perform? Or are you pretty confident that? Um, so the way that kind of our business, the way that our business is working currently is obviously we have AdSense and brand deals are awesome. And then we also have a fitness app that we run. So there's kind of an expectation of a certain level of income per month. And so we allocate it in various ways across the different projects. But typically for some of the the bigger episodes, like the marathon, for example, we're not going to do unless we have a sponsor involved and it's of a certain pay structure. Yeah. So do you figure this out ahead of time? Like you have this video idea, you go to the sponsor, negotiate it and say, we'll get you this video in three months. Sometimes. for the video. Yeah, so for the marathon video, it was a really amazing um, opportunity. We partnered with Brooks for that. So we actually made like a full outline with like pictures and 
know, temp VO and everything. And we pitched it to them and they were really into it, thankfully. And they offered to not only pay for the episode and, you know, like a brand deal rate, but also they provided us professional athletes to be in the episode. Mm. They came out, they supported me. It was a really cool partnership. So I'm always looking for those like bigger, more tentpole situations because we have so few videos to choose from, you know, 12 to 15 a year probably, um, that I am pretty strict on who we work with and how it's going to work and when it's coming and stuff Got like it. that. You should do a day on Wall Street. Please. That would be And then my that CPM would be really will be your CPM yeah, and it'll that be would so be great. Good. If you did that with like a good uh, sponsor like public.com slash Graham, you would be, I, that video would do so well. If you rang the bell on Wall Street, I don't know how you could do that. I'm sure somebody watching this podcast would be able to make it. But, but now I want to do that too. Let's now do I want it that together. idea. Yeah, just I would both do, that. do it. That would yeah. be great. I'll produce the video so you don't have to worry about. Yeah, honestly, if you get that opportunity, I'd love just to show. I would love oh just to God. show up and do that. Okay, because yeah. one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was I want to yeah. do a finance episode because yeah. I just think it'd be obviously you know the benefit of everybody having more um, education equity on finance and. I don't know what we would do, but that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah. Have you ever seen Mike Shake? Oh, he's great. Yeah, he yeah. did like uh, I learned how to day trade, and that video did pretty well for him. Okay, and that might be kind of interesting, like learning how to day trade in thirty just days. Lose all <laughs> <money>. <laughs> just lose everything. <laughs> yeah. So what that would, would I do on Wall Street? Because a lot of people from my college, I mean, I even yeah. interviewed for Wall Street stuff, and I don't even know what they do. Yeah, I interviewed, and I don't even know what I would have been doing. I, I mean, my first thought is you're going to get someone who's on the Wall Street, uh, uh, Wall Street floor or the the trading floor, and yeah. you're going to watch them go back and forth with their papers and yelling on the phone and like do it when they do oh pressing buttons god. and stuff like that. Oh my god! I think pressing a lot. Of, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what really they do. <laughs> you're the finance. Yeah, person. I don't know. Yeah, we have no idea. Like, <laughs> well, why? Like everything I do is from. I don't like think a that laptop. they. I think it's yeah. digital now, right? It's, yeah, I'm sure a lot of across the board. Yo, I got these oil contracts. Yeah, they you trip and the fall, and all the yeah. papers fly out of their hand. It's like, like oh, I lost my train. Probably Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure you could find somebody there who's like busy who could walk you through the average day. I've heard though they're very strict on filming. So like a lot of the times they don't want any filming done. So I'm sure maybe you'd be able to get like an exception through that. Like if it goes through the, okay. I, I have no I'll clue. I'll just call Goldman Sachs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Chances are someone watching has a connection Please. with Wall Street who could maybe put us through to make that happen, but incredible. I'd love to do that. Okay, I'm yeah. going to work on making it happen. I will let you know. How Please. would they let you know? How? Okay, Michelle Carre plus business at gmail.com. Just email me. If you can do it, just email me. Let's go back to your income. Are you comfortable talking about that? Could, sure. If, if a video costs $30,000 yeah. to make, what's the ROI on that? Oh, my God. So we, So, like I was mentioning to you earlier, we have three three different buckets of where we get income from. AdSense is one, and now because of how the videos have been performing this year, we have kind of a standard of where that will be. Brand deals, we only accept over like high level at this point. Like we don't really do a 60 second shout out or like a random website or anything. It has to be like pretty big opportunity. And then the fitness app, which is a subscription service. Yeah. So even if a video doesn't make 30 grand back in AdSense by itself, typically we can get that back with the app or like plugging the app and having people go to it. Like in the marathon video, yeah. we also launched a run a 10K challenge, which is another thing we spent today doing. And basically in the app, you can get all of my workouts, which are actually the workouts I do in the videos. Mm. So we kind of measure it in a 
variety of different ways, if that makes yeah. sense. What's the app? Could you walk us through this? Yeah. yeah. So the app is called MK Fit, and it's actually a white label app. So I work with another company who kind of runs all the customer service and backend and everything. But I was really, really excited about this opportunity because instead of selling like PDFs or like here's my nutrition guide downloadable thing, it's actually replayable videos of me hundreds of exercises. So when you open the workout, you actually see me demonstrating exercise, tells you how many reps, everything you can fill it out in, in the app itself. And it also has recipe guides. You can DM me personally. So like for literally two hours today, we were responding to people <laughs> who were in wow. the middle of the 10K challenge. Mm. Yes, it's actually us responding. It's actually me. Yeah, I, I love that because I love actually working with people one-on-one. Yeah. Um, that uh, that to me is where I find the most value. Yeah, that's is your cool. Fiance involved in the business as well. Yeah, so he's okay. the creative director. How do you meet him? I met him uh, working on my YouTube channel. Actually, really? yeah. So when I left my job, I wanted to work with a director because I was previously at the job, like you know, being on camera, directing myself, editing everything, and I just wanted like an external pair of eyes to kind of be on the lookout for story specifically. So Garrett has like a really strong background in traditional filmmaking. So mm. he's done multiple docs. He's won a bunch of film festival awards for narrative too. So I brought him on to kind of help with that. And he is so good at it. He's, he's just amazing. Yeah. And but how did that start from like the professional aspect to then now mm. there's like a romantic element to it? I mean, we were strictly a professional friendship for like a year mm. and who made the because I'm always curious like who made oh, the correct one? I'm just curious. You want to hear the whole? Love yeah, I story? do. I want to like how do you oh how do you God. break? I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. Right? So <laughs> it's a really long, very long story. It's too long for this podcast. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Garrett, Garrett, basically, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how much I can say about this. Okay. Right. <laughs> I keep it's looking it's at Carissa it's for scandalous. <laughs> It's, it's not scandalous. Okay. It's just long to explain. But okay. Garrett basically approached me in a very romantic way and said, I have to tell you something that could either be amazing or ruin our relationship. And he, he you know, proceeded to tell me how he felt. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. Obviously, this makes so much sense. And... So we sort of just like leapt into it head first. And I was so nervous because everyone tells you, don't work with your spouse. Don't do this. Don't do whatever. And we really approached it in this really cool way where we like made rules of engagement, almost mm -hmm. like kind of like a business prenup, if you will, kind of thing. And once we laid everything out, it just allowed us to be fully creative mm -hmm. with one another. And it was so cool. Um, so I, I really value the relationship we have. Like we're really good with each other about these are our working hours, these are our relationship hours, and just the energy that Garrett brings. I, I, I know yeah. that you probably know from experience, both of you, that trying to find uh, a partner is one thing, both romantically and business-wise, but finding someone who brings that same level of enthusiasm to what you're doing is like a diamond yeah. in the rough. How do you shut that off, though, and be like, all right, it's 6 p.m., we're going to shift from like work mode now to like, you know, <laughs> partner mode. Oh my gosh, now like, we're in like relationship couples yeah. therapy land. No, I'm this just curious, so yeah. So for us, what we do is if it's past a certain time, we ask permission like, hey, I have this work thing on my mind. I have this really cool idea. Can I talk to you about it? And the other person can say, 
nah, I really just want to watch Survivor and go to sleep right now. Can we talk about it in the morning? And sometimes it's hard, you know, when one person's really excited about one specific thing and the other isn't. But most of the time we end up talking about it. Sure. But like we, we have kind of like this language that we approach when it's not working hours. Yeah. So sometimes permission is denied. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But now how do you separate that? Because if for me, it bleeds, like work bleeds into everything. Of course. And so for me, if it's like, hey, it got a 10 out of 10 today, I'm in a bad mood. Oh, absolutely. It's like, how does how do you shut that off? Or like, well, then, you if know, you guys you get in an argument, if like, like a business disagreement, like how does that not carry forward when you're watching Survivor, let's just say? Oh, well, I mean, of course, like the energy of who we are as people carries yeah. over in the same way. If we worked two office jobs and came home and both had bad days, it would impact the relationship. So it's, it's the same thing as that. And obviously if something really needs to be talked about, we talk about it and it does bring us closer in our relationship, which is really cool. But yeah, to answer your question, we definitely are like, nah, I just want to watch Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. We can talk about it tomorrow. We'll like put it in calendar and then talk about it then. That's interesting. So when he approached you, were you all in as soon as you mentioned that? Or did it take you some time to think, well, let me think this through. It took me a little time. And then I was like, you know what? I just, let's just try it. Who cares? Once we laid everything out too, um, you know, further into the relationship, it it just allows so much freedom. I encourage anyone who's in a romantic relationship that involves business as well, like lay it out. What happens if this doesn't work out? What happens if we move out? Who keeps what? Like we literally made a spreadsheet of when we move in together, I own this, you own that, we co-own this, I would keep it, I stay here, you leave. Like, yeah, sure. whatever it is. And thankfully, you know, that is something that has so far had a zero ROI on doing, and it's been a great investment at the same time yeah. to take that time and have that perceptively difficult conversation, but like it leads to a lot of relationship intimacy too because you yeah. feel so much freedom. Like there's nothing like lingering or like, well, I'm kind of like stuck on this one little thing, but I'm scared to talk about it. Having that open all out discussion has been, I mean, really set the tone. I mean, we did that like in the first month. That's great. And when did you get engaged? We got engaged a week before the pandemic and we're getting married in two weeks. Really? Oh my Congratulations. Congratulations. When is that going to be? When? Sorry, sorry. Where? Uh, Malibu. Wow. Mm. That is awesome. Now, we ask how much you're going to spend on the wedding. Do you know oh how much God. this is going to be? Yeah, it's very expensive. 0% ROI <laughs> Zero to answer your question. <laughs> More than 60 grand? I mean. It's pretty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's expensive. Oh, my Malibu. gosh. Malibu. How much are you planning on spending on your wedding? So uh, pricing this out with me. There's, there's one spot that Macy looked at. I think it was like 30 grand just Where? for the venue. I don't know. Uh, it was like. In LA? Yeah. No, it was Ojai. I think <gasps> that's going to be so pretty. Yeah. But it was like 30 grand plus everything else. And then all in, it's going to be like probably 50 or 60. There's another spot she wants me to see on Sunday that I think the venue is like 10 K, but it includes some other stuff. And they're just now starting to do uh weddings. So they're like, we would be one of the first. So I think they want to give that's us a cool. break on that. Yeah. yeah. What about and some sort can, of promotion or something yeah, like that? You, what do you mean? Like sponsors? We've, we've strategically. Yeah. Are you making content around it? We are making content. Yeah. So like we did a video um, that will be coming out where we plan the entire wedding in a week. The videos, we plan our wedding in a week. It's a good video. Good because you yeah, can yeah, both plan it in a week and get it over with it and also on, make content. Honestly, if you have the ability to take a week off of work and just say, this is the week we do it. I highly encourage literally everybody to do it because there's no like, oh, it's after work and we got to like look at flowers yeah. and I'm tired. Like you just bang it out. 
we lined up every single vendor meeting. We were like, wow. those chairs, this, this, this dress. It was Do amazing. they agree in advance to be in the video? Like they yeah. know they're, okay. That's very cool. Yeah. And so that pays for the wedding. I mean, so whatever cost probably is what you spend. You're going to get it back probably in the video, right? Well, uh, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. If everybody here watches that video, then maybe the ads will. will pay it back. Do you find a sponsor for it? <laughs> this wedding is sponsored by <laughs> the new Aura Ring. <laughs> that would be fantastic. So, you know, a lot of the, the businesses featured in the video yeah. are local businesses. So, you know, sometimes we work out like, okay, I'll post on Instagram yeah. and we'll get a discount or whatever. Um, but in terms of a title sponsor, we're working on that. But even if we don't get that, that's okay. Because no. to me, I think, it, I think it's going to be a great video. So that's no. kind of how I measure value, no. which is probably very different from Mr. Graham Stephan. No, I don't know. I've, I've <laughs> joked about having sponsors in the past. Be like, uh, you know, get public. It gives everyone at the wedding a free stock. It's just, Please. you know, stuff like that. Please invite me. Like, hey, like under, under your chair right now is a free stock. One of you guys gets uh, Oprah stuff. One of you guys gets Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, how are know, you we'll feeling see, we'll like see what happens. Yeah. energetically as someone who's incredibly frugal yeah. about spending on a wedding? Why not elope? Courthouse, um, Santa Barbara. Part of me wants to do that. Um, but I think there's an aspect to that where like family wants to be involved and um well, are you doing you know, it for family or for you? I think well to have a bigger wedding would be for family. If it were for me, I'd probably have more fun just picking a random night, like with no planning at all. <gasps> I'd just be like, hey. But but you know what? We want to do it on um I, I don't I don't want to say the exact date. We want to do it on the day that we met, like that <gasps> same day. So we're kind of oh limited God. to like it's gotta be that specific day. Um but part of me also would just be like, it would be fun just to be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? All right, let's do it. You live so, in Vegas, so I know. Very but but there is something that. also special about having that exact day. So Absolutely. I think we're leaning towards that exact day. Yeah. But then I think it also makes sense for people that want to be a part of it. Yeah. Something that Garrett has helped me understand is just like there's this this concept that the people I, I think they like interviewed a bunch of people who were um like on their deathbed about regrets and 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 whatnot. And people have said that the people who have the most number of novel life experiences throughout their lifetime feel like their life is longer. So for example, if you work a day job and you're just kind of doing the same thing every single day, your life will feel much shorter than mm. someone who is investing in tentpole memory experiences. So mm. maybe your life will be a little bit longer from having a blowout wedding. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think. Usually it, it, it feels longer when you're doing the more repetitive thing because it seems like the day just like drags sure, on yeah. versus when you're doing new experiences like a week will go by really fast true so i'm thinking yeah, hey but you're not gonna feels look back and remember much stuff if it's the same thing every day <laughs> but it feels longer graham's gonna, at moment. the end of graham's life he's gonna be like i lived like what am i 30 and he's like <laughs> 90 that's what's gonna happen <laughs> i don't know can you say approximately or assign percentages to like where income yeah absolutely certain, yeah so i would say that probably like a large portion, probably 70% of my income is from sponsorships and those like big tentpole types of sponsorships. Then it would be, I guess, 15% AdSense and then 15% yeah. Got it. How do you balance between such a rigorous schedule and like a personal life? Um, it's difficult, but I'm fortunate that a lot of the, the activities that I do for videos are things that I would be curious about in my own 
real life and sure. my own hobbies. But it does make it difficult because sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm going to the gym to work out, that's not personal time. It's technically working time. Yeah. And sometimes it catches up to me. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's definitely difficult, but I, I feel like as I've gotten more episodes under my belt and just more time in the YouTube world, I've found a better balance in general and I know when to say no and yeah. stop. Where do you want to take it from here? Because it seems like you've got a great format that's working and how do you expand on that? Well, my big goal right now is I want to get nominated for an Emmy for Challenge Accepted. Hmm. So I would love to be a YouTuber who gets nominated for an Emmy, which other YouTubers have done with the help of other production companies. But I want to see if I can do it myself. And that's why I've invested so much into the quality of the episodes themselves. Why we don't upload as frequently because I'm very particular on the quality of the content itself. And just developing myself as a producer who can produce not just on YouTube, but in other formats as well oh. um, for television. I've had some experience hosting on traditional TV and I loved that. So I'd love to kind of grow as a, as a performer, um, you know, whether it's like being a Marvel TV show would be really cool or hosting an adventure show would be amazing to do again. I would also think that there are a lot of ideas that we have about expanding my business in terms of product, whether it's fitness or fitness adjacent or lifestyle based stuff. I can't too much about sure. it but that's kind of where i see the business going next is working with like ideally i'd love to find a company that is making a product kind of in their early stages mm -hmm. and see if i can attach with them and work towards it got it together and to be nominated for an emmy where does the content need to be posted can it, it could be, be on youtube it could yeah. be on youtube really i is thought there had to be like another medium like no your... um johnny harris who is a youtuber yeah. produced an amazing piece for the new york times and he literally won an emmy this week like what was on stage accepting it? Can Emmy. anybody be nominated? Or does well, it have to be a certain format? Like can someone nominate me? Like, hey guys, nominate me for an Emmy on my video with Mr. Beast, like without even qualify if enough people I, I think there you know, there are a lot of like different facets of the Emmy. So like there's the front facing primetime Emmys, which we see on TV. Yeah. Then there's the daytime Emmys, which are for soap operas, law and order, etc. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how you spin it. If you want it to qualify as like, you know, challenge accepted could technically be like short form documentary. It could be long form. Like it depends. You kind of have to like work with a, with someone who's applied previously or like mm -hmm. a PR agency to figure out where you fit in. That would be interesting to get one of the interviews is like, you know, an Emmy nominated. I'm not going to lie. I don't even know what the Emmy, but like, is that? It's the Emmys award. are basically yeah. the Oscars for TV. I thought that was Golden Globes. The Golden Globes uh, expands. It, it Golden Globes is movies and TV. It's very confusing. Oh, okay. But it's just different agencies give out awards. And we should get an Emmy, Graham. We should get an Emmy. <laughs> we should, yeah. You know what? This, you guys should go for an Emmy. this podcast yeah. will get an Emmy. I want to be a uh, New York Times bestseller at some point. I think oh that would be God, a fantastic easy. one. Isn't that like yeah. not that challenging? Yeah. Well, so it's 10,000 physical copies have to be sold, I believe, within a certain time frame. Um, if you sold each copy for like two bucks and then bought them all yourself, <laughs> could, I don't know. What I if, don't know if you could would, do that. That though. would be yeah. an amazing video. You make yourself a New York Times bestseller. Like yeah. you totally no one bought it except system. you. Yeah. <laughs> I bought my own. Yeah, you were the That's, only owner of a New York Times. Incredible. People did that for the for the Shopify stuff. Was it Shopify or um, oh gosh, ClickFunnels? They'd get the awards, but they would buy their own stuff. <gasps> 
please. I know please. a few people. That is such who, who a good the, video. The stories, I made yeah. myself a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to buy my own copies. Like, because that feels like just cheating. And I, I don't think. There's no way that that could be. Well, you're doing it for the content. Yeah, it's case. not like you're you're not actually want to be an author. But I do. You know, no, but the but thing is, you. If okay, I did, I want to be plan, serious about it. Yeah. We, you know who Alex Fasulo is? Yeah. Okay, so she's like this girl that ghostwrites thing on five. Ghostwrites things on Fiverr, basically. Is she on and, TikTok? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. And, and Graham yeah. wanted her to to write a book for <laughs> Graham to be a what is it a New York Times bestseller. No, no, it was a joke for Ramsey, a Ramsey memoir. But you wanted that to be a New York Times bestseller, right? For Ramsey? Yes, that was your goal. Was it? Yes. I don't know. I don't know Wait, it. I have a question. Is it units, 10,000 units, or 10,000, like, of? does it have to be a certain price? Point? I don't know. Can you just make a book that's, like, $1, sell it in Barnes yeah, & Noble? but I feel like it, then that's a hack that anybody could use just to call, them so, call themselves a New York but Times bestseller. But that's why it's a great video. Yeah, you gotta exploit like, the, I feel like the other system. people. I feel like other people would have done. If you that, don't do though. this, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna make myself a New York Times bestseller. I feel like then everyone <laughs> would do it, and then it wouldn't but work. But that's anymore. why I think nobody's done it. I'm pretty sure they have. I, I really? think it's an exploit that people already are aware mm. of, and like there, there's got to be something else. There's to no it. YouTube video on it yet, or right. or it can't. Just, or it's got to be sold throughout like a certain amount of stores. Like it's not like someone could like buy ten thousand copies uh, for a dollar each, and like. Spend fifty grand and be, be one, yeah. yeah. Plus, I wouldn't want to be a New York Times bestseller by like cheating. Okay, like that. okay, okay. I'd actually want to do it seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'll got that. Yeah, but I would like to do that. Now I want to be a an Emmy award winning video creator. Yeah, with the right heart and soul. Yeah, I would do that. What's something you think you're doing poorly that you should work on and be better at? Oh, this is such a good question. I think. What I would like to get better at myself is I feel comfortable in the entrepreneurial phase of like, I feel totally comfortable cold emailing the FBI and pitching them on a video and making it happen. I feel really comfortable in the entrepreneurial side of my life when it comes to content itself or the avenues that I currently have within the business. But when it comes to like, like I was mentioning to you earlier, finding a, a company in its infancy, working with them and becoming their CMO and kind of like marketing the product as my own in that capacity, I find is, is, is very, is, is a lot more difficult to find those right partnerships. So I think for me, it would be expanding in product. I think it'd be good for you to associate a little bit more with the finance space. And if that's something you want to look into, like the Hormozies and the John Coogans. Really? Cause they're all trying to do stuff that are similar to that. Yeah. Like finding companies. I'm in available. Infancy, like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I like the I like the challenge concept. I think you could take that to ten million subscribers. Oh yeah. I mean, if if, if like truly if I had it my yeah. own way and all I had to do was make content, that's what I would do. That's where my heart is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel fortunate that like some people grow their YouTube channel on one format and they're like, I have to keep one upping it or it has to be bigger and higher quality. And I feel like we've kind of found a certain threshold for that with what yep. we have already and I just want to keep doing that I mean if I had it my way you know we're bringing on another editor hopefully we can increase to two uploads a month that in and of itself will do so much for our channel in terms of viewership brand opportunities etc but if I had it my way I would just do the show that's all I want to do yeah I think you could do that I think you should also be doing shorts yes yes I have I've heard a lot about shorts I went to the yeah. YouTube creator summit and the whole time they were like shorts, shorts, shorts. They were really pushing it. And now yeah. you can monetize them. Uh, 2023. Yes. So in yeah, in a few months 
Yeah, I'm I'm shocked with shorts. We've been posting shorts in the iced coffee hour. It's driven so much growth. But but monetarily, I'm curious where that will go. Like when we yeah, can activate sure. it, what is the CPM on a short? How does it change based on viewership or length? Like my understanding that like? is that it's going to be based on a percentage. They're, they're going to have like a total fund, and of then course. you get a percentage yeah. of that. I bet it's going to be higher than TikTok, but. Yeah, probably not going to be that right. Much, like that's why our, I'm so confused. Many views for like, shorts. yes, we can make money off of it, but what? What does that actually look like? And can someone truly just be a shorts creator? People can be long form only and have really probably sustainable. not on AdSense. It's probably going to be yeah. a lot like YouTube during the adpocalypse, where people are not making money on mm-hmm. videos, but they're making money on affiliates and sponsorships. Yeah. It's probably how it's going to be for shorts. They won't make any money on the short. Yeah, they'll make money maybe doing a sponsored short every now and then. Yeah, I mean I. I, I'm curious to see where that will go. And truthfully, I haven't done much with shorts just because I've been so focused on long form and our videos take so much manpower just yeah. to get one long form out. But the shorts, I'm curious what yeah. are. I bet be. if you hired one person full time just on shorts, you would double your audience in a year. Just from you taking your existing that, that videos. Translate over to the longs. Now it's beginning to. Okay. Because yeah. that's what scared me because I am familiar with a few other very big YouTube channels. Once they started posting shorts, they get like no views on the longs. I found the opposite. I was really worried about that too. And we started testing on the Iced Coffee Hour, posting shorts, and those shorts are, are getting millions of views and it's beginning to translate over to the long form content. Okay. Never thought. And so then I started testing on the main channel and it's be, you're seeing some conversion. Overall, the videos are doing better because I think YouTube is now recognizing that people who watch shorts, uh, a higher percentage of them would be interested in the long form content. Well, they rolled out that feature. Yeah. It wasn't that way previously, yeah, right, but then right. they just yeah. changed that. So I'm guessing that probably will. But yeah, your best hire would be one person shorts full time. Pay them really well to make sure they know shorts and just take every video you've made so yeah. far and turn that down into 45 seconds. You would do so well. I agree. You would double your would audience in a year. I would love to do that. You should. I'd say that would that Where should be you your priority. Your is it you editing? Who has who No, has? we got this guy Josh. Josh. Who's um who's editing our shorts right now mm-hmm. and we're we're tweaking a little bit just to optimize them. So he is full time. No, uh, no, he has multiple clients. He doesn't want another client? Probably. Or are you trying to hire him full time? I don't want to I don't know. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, we're gonna fight yeah. over Josh. No, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> he'll take it. Yeah. I'm sure he'd do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll give you his contact. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've had trouble with the short stuff, finding someone who can take the story and narrow it down. To they like have to be minute. really good. Right. And I've started just like I'm obsessive over the long form content, like from the algorithm standpoint, I've started really spending so much time on shorts. And so he'll send me a short and I'll watch it and come back with notes on top yeah. of already his stuff. And I'm getting really into it. And I think there's, there's, it's so much different than just taking a video, clipping it up and like reposting it. Right. But there's so much. We've had a lot of success with both. Like we did a week where like we had our editor, we're like, you're only going to do shorts. He, he took a video and boiled it down into the one minute. And it's, it took a few, like a while to get it there, but it did well. And then we've also had some success with like taking specific scenes and just making them vertical. What questions do you have for us? Or is there anything else you want to talk about? Of that so, I want to talk yeah. about? I'm, I'm, I'm just having fun. I'm so excited to okay, meet you both. Cool. What would you change about what I'm doing, like financially? How much are you saving and investing? How much am I saving yeah. and investing? I'm saving and I'm investing like very conservatively. Like, How much you know, is like what percentage of your income would you say you're saving? 
probably because I put so much back into the business, probably like 20%. We could get that up. Yeah. I think think we could definitely get that up a little bit. (laughs) Do you have expensive taste in anything? Are you... No, you're not I spending money just, like it's on personal the, stuff. Yeah, that's a my nice. Jacket, that's a nice this jacket. This is a gift. I didn't buy it. How much is the jacket? Where's that well, this, from? This jacket is yeah. an expensive jacket. But really? Yeah. Well, who's the designer? Who's that? Where's it's it the from? Mighty Company. The what? The Mighty Company. The Mighty Company. I've never heard that yeah. before. How much would it be? This is a thousand dollar jacket. It's a but I got it as a jacket. Oh I got it as gosh. a gift. Who gave it to you? Garrett. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for my birthday. Um, that's a, as I, I say, say as I don't spend money on It's a on nice, things. it's a nice jacket. Because yeah. I saw you had something similar for Colin Samir. Yeah, it's the same company. But I, I that was... Okay, it's yeah. a good jacket. as well. Good jacket, yeah. It's a good jacket. Anyway, so yeah. I don't, besides this jacket, I yeah. guess, okay. I don't like have, like, I feel like a lot of influencers, they get money. They're like, I'm going to buy a Prada purse. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to buy, I don't even know, like a lot of that stuff. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Everything goes back into my business. I mean, that's fair. And your channel is growing. So it's yeah. not like you're putting money into this business. It's just like not doing well. Yeah. I think that's fine. I mean, I'd, I'd always just say like maybe 25%, like you could just push it up a little bit. Where are you investing it? Where am I investing yeah. it? In like mutual funds. Do you know which ones or what they track? <laughs> I work with a business manager and I pretty much okay. just tell her like, put it in somewhere safe. Business manager. Yeah. It's kind of an Interesting. Do you yeah. know how much they like charge for that service? For that service? Yeah. That's like is part. It flat, is it flat fee or a percentage of it's what you invest? It's a percentage of, not of the investment of um, just like total revenue. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. it. What, what's, the, what's the purpose of that? Like what, what does that serve for you in terms of having a business manager? So because I'm not really at the point where I need like a full-time accountant mm. internally. But they handle like everything. So they do taxes, they do payroll, they do mm, investing. Yeah. Like if a credit card gets stolen, they fix it and whatever. You know, like it's very. I get that. It, it's really nice because we have so many freelancers coming in and out. Yeah. And they do all the paperwork, they handle everything, they make sure. Yeah, like I don't. Okay, that's pretty I nice. Get yeah, that. very. It's, it's a white glove that would, service. Yeah, that would be a good service to have. Um, you do that all yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's a mess. It is It is horrible. Your finances uh, are a mess? Um, Kind of. It's sloppy. I, I just, because there's a lot of things where. <laughs> we'll just, I think that you need bookkeeping. I do. I mean, I, I do it myself, but there are some <laughs> things where I'll get invoices and just like I'll I keep a, a Word document on my computer. Where I just Word? Not even Google Doc? No. Oh my god! I just type it in, and I'm, you know, I keep what track happened? of payments. Wait, why like not that. Excel? Like this doesn't even make any sense. I don't to know me. how to use Excel. I've just been doing it this way since the very beginning. Okay, I and I that. just like you know, I have a but credit you... card I use for one thing, a credit card I use for another thing, and like my expenses are there. Yeah, and then like two bank accounts, three bank accounts. Yeah, right. And then at the end of the year, I could look through these. Let's just call them six accounts in total and then tally up where the money went. I mean, there's always a record of like money went from this account over here and then I could check over here and be like, okay, that person was paid X amount, but I'm sure it could be better. I'm sure it could be So you don't use um, like Wrapbook or Stir or any program like that? We use Stir. We use Stir, anymore. What happened to them? What happened to them? We just, well, we, I don't think we... Actually, yeah, we received payments through Stir, yeah. but that was it. Like yeah. they, the, the yeah. people that were paying us changed. Yeah, there's just 
there's just like a lot of money coming in and then it too much too much too money much coming money. in yeah it's <laughs> such a big problem and then octopus is you know everywhere else yeah. and uh but i mean i i i track everything so like i know where it's going but, but it's you enjoy at the, but it's that? it sometimes uh when it comes to tax time and like gathering all of that it's i just book out one day with and your accountant or you yes. with you yeah i take one you day do it. I don't do my taxes, okay, no. Okay. But in terms of uh, tracking everything, before, like, usually the beginning of the year, I'll take one Saturday, and from the start to the end, I'll just coordinate everything and just go through every account, track every penny that goes in and out, where it's going, and then I reward myself at the end of the day with sushi. And, like, that's the one thing I look forward to. Wow. Like, I'm not so you do finishing it until day. it takes me a full day. So, But I would say it's, like, 10 hours that day. And it's not awful because i know which accounts the money goes in and out of yeah i mean i would much rather have someone hourly or like full-time just i probably doing should doing that yeah, i should i mean not you could obviously do whatever yeah no I, I should but i mean I should, like I me, should. yeah i should probably do that i should probably have a better understanding on stuff and i think like this year specifically we've just been growing so quickly that like just getting videos out has been such a priority yeah. and sitting back and being like, where is stuff going financially is something I want to get better at. For yeah. Sure. A lot of it too is I, uh, I have a big interest in taxes. So sometimes I'll be reading up on stuff and then I'll pass it by a tax attorney. Say, Hey, I just saw this. Like, what do you think of this? And I'll either like say that's a good idea or it's too risky. Don't do that. Or here's why it doesn't apply to you. But I'll do a lot of research on, on just random stuff that I see coming up and, I like passing it by, like yeah. bouncing ideas off of like a tax professional. It's com it's way too complicated. It should not be that complicated. And you prefer this over hiring a bookkeeper. I should hire a bookkeeper. I think Graham yeah. would prefer to hire a bookkeeper. But Graham doesn't like having many like employees Expenses. or anything. Expenses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably a worthwhile expense, but I like just I know when I do it, I I track everything and I have it, but they could do that for me too. But I like just seeing it and then doing the tracking they would do a better job than me i get that though it's i've done it this way for so long that i it's like it's working but are you going to continue yeah. doing it for the next 10 do you feel maybe. like it's like, inhibiting maybe. your growth no no i don't okay. no it's one saturday i mean like when you think of a weekend how much time most people waste it's just like one day out of maybe the month or the year out of the year oh like, okay. no i mean oh okay. throughout the month i mean a constant every day I check the bank account and i'll just like just see what's going in and out like i i, I look at it but one day, there's just a year, so there's much like, money coming in yeah, every day. Just check what, what you're just uh, refreshing what your AdSense, refreshing your bank like, account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. I just keep refreshing, and like the number keeps growing. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> what? God. Why are you laughing? Until you have to pay Jack, and then it goes all the way down. Yeah. Yep. Then it just can't <laughs> zeros <laughs> out. Yeah. 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 It's the no, same. It's the same for me, and yeah. I hate it. Like but even, I, yeah. I do one day every single year, right before the taxes. You do the same I, thing as me. I do the exact same. <laughs> I hate it, dude. And yeah. you know, you know, you don't like it that much. You really. It's I a dread terrible it, but day. But I feel so great after I get it done. Once it's um, over, it's good. But yeah. it's so miserable. The one thing, though, I've uh, because I, Alex now has a a business credit card that's under me, and mm -hmm. so once every other month, I'll look through the credit card for like expenses, and I'll be like, "Oh, Alex, what's this?" He's like, "Oh, we did this for the podcast." Alex, what's this? Oh, we did this. I'm sure there's a better way to to track that, yep. but uh, but yeah. But that would require um, like someone. That would like require somebody. Yeah. Man, I said in. I was about to say something, Joe. What did you say? You were you were saying you did that too. 
Uh, I do that too. Just one day. And I go through like, I don't even know how many expenses, probably like over a thousand transactions. And I, I have to remember like, yeah. oh, what did I do in February? That's probably oh, not yeah. good to publicly oh, say, yeah. but yes, I oh, do that this as is, well. This is what I was going to mention <clears throat> is that uh, this year is the first full year I've paid um, my estimated taxes. Usually I prefer to pay the penalty. I'll pay the full amount at the end of the year. So whatever I would owe for that year, I just pay it all one lump sum. And I've taken the penalty. Usually, I think it's like three percent. And typically, in the past, I've I've justified that I'd rather pay three percent and have access to my money liquid to mm. invest it. Oh. And the investments would make me more than what I would get um, from so paying the penalty. So why not? Why is it different this year? Um, this year, I realized I've been holding on to too much cash, and so I figured I'd rather just instead of there's <laughs> <laughs> way too much money. <laughs> Yeah. So I started thinking, but no, no, but I, my whole point was not to make it, not to, not to, I've never, because I, I have not been investing all of it. And so at the end of the year, like it made sense when I was at the point where I'd be investing everything and then I would find a way to pay the tax, like just enough would come in that I could pay the tax afterwards, but I'd be investing all of it. And really up until like three years ago, every year around like November, I'd spend all the money because I'd be investing all of it. Um, and then it was last year where I had extras left over where I was like, I should have just paid this off instead of paying the penalty because I'm not earning any interest on it. And now that just cost me money. Okay. So, but it's a great feeling. Now I'm, now I've actually overpaid on taxes. You so I'll get, your taxes. so I'll get a refund. Nice. And I'm oh, okay. really looking forward to that. Yeah. 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 I've never, I've never, I would have thought you could before. only underpay since there's just so much money always. <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> Jesus yeah. No, I've overpaid because you're supposed to pay like 110% of your prior year's tax mm. um, or like up to. And uh, yeah, I did that. Nice. I finally get a refund. Yeah. So. I paid a lot, but I'm hoping that I, I get some money back. I don't know yet. No. Yeah. Yeah. Get solar. Yeah, I should. I've, I also that. found out apparently my accountant forgot to close out my California thing when I moved to Las Vegas. So I owe like five grand that even though I, I didn't live in california at all last no. year for a single day but i have to pay california still and i live in Las wait, Vegas. wait explain what happened so apparently like i didn't there's like some form that you have to file if you leave california to announce that you've left even though i was in las vegas for the entirety of last year yeah. i still have to pay Cal it's about five grand because you kept the because S like i didn't close i think it was my yeah my s corp like i didn't close it until like the next year although i did open then I don't know. It's something. It's something weird. I don't. I don't really understand it. We'll just take some of his return. Yeah, to pay yeah. I'll take a little loan now. Be nice. Yeah. So are you paid in an S corp? Yeah. Through okay, interesting. Yeah. Oh. Good business structure. And is Jack's Jack's happy with it? I'm happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. What other questions do you have? Okay, so I asked, "What do you think I'm doing wrong?" What can I do? Oh, oh, so, sorry, <laughs> sorry. To go back to your investments. Okay. Um, oh mutual funds, I'm sure. I'm not on yeah. here because I'm yeah. a finance person. Yeah. I want to make that super clear. That's fine. I feel like index funds Until might be. I yeah. work on Wall Street for yeah. a day with Graham. I would, I would say you're probably, I'd, I'd like to see which mutual funds it is and like how you're invested, but I'd say most likely if it's a mutual fund, you're already diversified. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not like in bond mutual funds right now which have like really declined in price mm -hmm. as long as you're not in in those i'd say you're probably fine i'm guessing it's just like a diversified index fund basically which is yeah. good uh 20 is not bad i i would just up it a little bit if you're able to but would i you, would say it's but not but you're it's not also terrible. telling me i need to hire a full-time shorts editor yes 
but that wouldn't be saving. I think I, I don't think it'd be that bad because you're, you're going to yeah. get an ROI from the shorts. Like, right, like true. I think the, the realistic well, that's hard for me to see when it's not monetized. The, well, the realistic scenario is that the shorts, shorts. Yeah, the yeah. shorts would probably break even. So let's say you, you pay somebody like 70 grand a year or like 60 grand for just shorts, uh, which actually might be high if you're only posting like one a week, like one really good short yeah. a week. Let's even say like 50 grand. You'll make that money back from the people that convert to the long form content, the app that you have, or even if you do one or two sponsored a year. Will pay for that person entirely. Also, just like the creator fund TikTok, although it is very small, when you couple that with the Instagram Reels bonuses, oh, and Facebook, and it actually, yeah, and yeah. Facebook, oh, you'll too, make money. It actually, you could actually yes. profit. So there okay. are a couple of months this you year. You just post the same content everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Okay. There are a couple of months this year that we actually made money, accounting for the amount that we pay our TikTok. Interesting. Yeah, just from the TikTok income. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I, also yeah. Snapchat Discover. Try to get like a Snapchat Discover tile. I have a Snapchat thing. Okay. I don't. You don't use it? Is it a Discover? You would know if it's Discover. It's, uh, yeah. It's like we have a show. Like they said, yeah, yeah. Accepted, yeah. And how often are you posting on that? Once a week? I think it's once a week, yeah. Okay. They're going through the whole back catalog. Cool. That's. Are you doing Facebook? Yes. I am doing Facebook. And how often do you post on there? Once a week also, okay. I believe. Yeah, I would say for the shorts, because you could double that throughout everything. So Instagram, Facebook Reels, um, Snapchat, you could... Figure out something on that. I would say you'll make your money back. So that's not an expense. It'll break even. Or you'll make money on it. Okay. So that's what I would do. But yeah, the income I'm sure sounds fine. Sounds fine? It sounds fine. It's not too much It's not too much money. It's not too much cash. Not too much cash. cash. Oh my God. What's something you think we're doing bad or poorly, I should say? How could we improve? That we can get better at. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you could hire a bookkeeper. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Yeah, Um, That's fair. I get that. Hmm. Well, tell me, like, so obviously you guys advise me on the finance. What about content? How are you feeling about the content you're creating and making? Lately, good, because there's finally stuff going on in the market. It was a rough last four months for me. It's odd. When the market is going up, people lose interest in investing. When it's going down, everyone is now interested. Yeah. So it's amazing that I see the difference on views. Every day the market closes up versus down. If the market's down a percent... Views usually increase by like 10 to 20%. If the market's up, views are down. It's crazy. So in a way, it's it's almost as a hedge against my investments because if my investments are going down, I make more. But if my investments are going up, I make less. So it's it's kind of like- it On YouTube. Balances, okay, yeah, yeah, it really balances out. But there's more for me to talk about when the market's going down because more is happening. Mm. And more people are more interested. Yeah, because like what just happened? What did Jerome Powell just say? How does this affect me? Um and I think for a lot of people, I think it's just human nature. We're, we're more impacted by losing money than making. So if I told you, like, you could either make 100 or lose 100, you'd fear more the losing 100 than yeah. making. True. So um, so there's more interest in investing. But I've been pivoting a little bit to these interviews that I've really enjoyed. And um, my goal is to get, like, two a month. So like what's preventing that? Do you need to hire a producer? To no, 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 no. I have three in the pipeline right now. Um, that I, But I don't want to post them like back to back. So I'm yeah. like, I want to post one wait. Cause this like is going weeks. on the main. This is the main channel. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's, a th- I, I've started creating a list of people that I want to meet and interview in that sort of style. And so I'm just kind of working my way through the list. Nice. Yeah. But there's like 20 people on the list that I really want to go through. Yeah. And are you feeling fulfilled and excited by what you're doing? By that? Yes. Cause I think that's such a cool style it, and it just opens up the audience. Cause finance, I think there's, um, 
you know, there's a limit to how many people are interested in finance and growing beyond that is really challenging. Um, because then you get in the maintenance phase where like, so, you know, some people are dropping off while new people are coming on. And I think there's that, that natural cycle over time. But when you get into interviews, then you, you tap into people who are interested in the finance of creators or just extraordinary people in general. It doesn't have to be creators. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what you guys are doing definitely works in terms of like the level of fulfillment you have on the main channel as well as the podcast. How do you feel about your relationship, the two of you? Uh, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm tough on Jack. I feel like sometimes <gasps> because I'm always like, Jack, we should like, I'm so on it all the time, 24 seven, where I think I had that unrealistic expectation for Jack too. It's like, we always got to be working all the time. Uh, you know, always Rather pick up the phone call. Yeah. permission. What do you mean? Like asking? in a romantic <laughs> asking relationship. Asking for, per- no. <laughs> 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 no, we, we have a, I think we have a good balance. Okay, that, great. That's what I, that's what I think. And Jack has some great there. ideas and I trust Jack's judgment on a lot of things. Like if I come in with an idea and Jack hates it, like mm-hmm. absolutely against it, I'll usually end up siding with Jack unless I'm like a hundred percent sure on the idea. But Jack could usually sway me either way. We had a good thing going when we were here. We would go for runs. Ah. And we'd run down to the park. It's too hot in Vegas. Uh, well, no, we just Jack, don't live with each other yeah. anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But when we were here, we'd run down to the park. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of creepy. But there was yeah. a... There was a <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> it was a, it's, a, it's a children's park. Yeah. But they had these awesome, like, monkey bars. And so, yeah. awesome monkey this, bars. They were not just your average monkey bars. They were awesome. You're, you're like two guys going there, and then we do pull ups on the monkey bars. We're usually, okay, but, that's, but that's like, fine. That's sometimes there are kids like playing on the monkey bars, so we like just wait around until they stop using them, and then we go over and like do pull ups. Yeah. We just didn't want to like interrupt the kids or like, or just that's like two random guys. Yeah. Just, yeah. Social you know. it's their space. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that's honestly, that's the main thing. I've realized that communication, obviously, like, everyone knows this in the back of their mind, but they need to be constantly reminded of it, or at least me, is that communication is key. You always need to be talking, be open with the other person. And uh, I think that's something Graham and I always need to work on for sure. Um, But overall, yeah, obviously, he's one of my best friends. Like, very satisfied with the relationship. Do you guys enjoy Vegas? Yes. It's it's interesting because when I'm there, I don't want to leave. And then when I get here... I kind of feel mixed because we're, we're rarely ever here and sometimes we'll just be here for a weekend. But then when it's here, it's like, wow, it's it's so nice with the weather and like all the greenery. I miss that. And it always takes me a day to get used to it back in Vegas. But so I like it when I'm in Vegas and then I also like it when I'm here. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Yeah, I like Vegas. Yeah. I definitely like it a lot more than I thought that I would. But I think a big part of that was me just establishing a friend group. So now since I have like my core friend group, it's very, very easy hang out work done my house is a great culture as well so that's also that makes it nice as well yeah what are y'all most intimidated by with your current content or business um intimidate i would say for the podcast i would say it's intimidating to see what because i watch all the other podcasts too and i see the guests that they have come on some of them i'm like when i see nell getting on elon musk i'm like where do we go from there? Like, how could we ever compete with Elon Musk getting on a podcast? Um, so some of that, I'm, I'm probably a little bit too hard on myself for that. Comparison. When I see that, yeah, when I see, because Nelk is able to pull like such incredible, like to have the president on their podcast, I'm like, well, they, they did it first. But, you know, it. I have to remember that, you know, we're not, you know, the, the, the same as them. At least right now, I don't feel very intimidated 
honestly, with the podcast at all. I don't, at least I don't know how yeah. I would just, yeah, describe being intimidated, seeing someone else doing well. I'm like, oh, that, that opens up a lot of doors just for podcasting in general. Yeah, that is true. How about you with your work? Oh, I, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm intimidated in terms of just like the growth overall um, and like hiring new people and making sure that they fit and have the same mission and vibe. I mean, it's, it's taken us so long to find another editor because for us, it's not like just edit the video. It, we're very involved in the edits. And I'm also intimidated by the prospect of expanding into other businesses because I feel so at home with the content itself, mm-hmm. but investing in other things in general kind of freaks me out. Do you worry that's going to take time away from the video? So you're not going to make as good of a video if your time is split? I don't worry about that because I will stay up as late as I need to make sure the video is good. It's more just like investing in something that might fail. Yeah. Well, I think even if it does fail, the loss is not going to be that much. Yeah. I mean, in the big picture, and you'll be able to probably get a video out of it, even if you do fail. True. Which creators do you watch on YouTube? So I... The creators I feel like I look up to a lot and learn a lot from and watch a lot of are Ryan Trahan, mm-hmm. Eric, Max Fosh. You guys, oh my God. I know, like, Max I know Fosh. that name, but I, yeah, I've probably seen a couple of videos. Max Fosh is someone I'm very inspired by lately. So he is a comedian who also does kind of like IRL um, challenge content, but he does this crazy stuff. Like, he did a video where he joined the royal family for a day. Oh, wow. So he found a distant relative of the royal family who literally signed a marriage agreement with him and then for the day he was like a part of the royal family he's done that like his videos are 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 really impressive in terms of just like the ideas themselves are really funny and he's a funny person um and obviously mike shake is someone yes who's kind of similar to my content so i love him he's great and i think Ryan Trahan, I, I, he's obviously the person we're all talking about this year, right? Just someone who has done high spectacle but maintained a grounded level of himself throughout mm-hmm. without it having to be an extravagant spending of money for it to be meaningful or even spectacle. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. I've been watching his vlog channel. Oh, yeah, the watering, secret channel. Where he's been watering his grass. Yeah. It's like, how do you make a video that's entertaining? And I watch them. I I'm watch so all invested yeah. in the grass. I look at that like, how could I do something like that? How uh, can you water grass and monetize uh, yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but Ian <laughs> Ian did one, Save the Squirrels Initiative. That was great. Um, where he just traps squirrels. He make like a 15-minute video on just like how to trap and release squirrels. But he made it so hilarious and interesting and like, here's how you make the trap and I'm going to put it here and like report back the next day. I love that sort of content. This is offbeat. Yeah. I appreciate it because it's it's risky but with no risk. Like it's risky to invest the time and energy to create the content um, and make it like something different from everybody else. But they make it seem so effortless. Like they just happen to like turn on the camera and just happen to be there and record. But like I'm looking at some of of these, like these shots that he's getting are so good. He's thinking this through ahead of time. It's not just off the fly. I, I bet some of this is at least loosely planned out. Yeah. So I want to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm appreciating this like this new wave of almost return to grounded personality mm-hmm. because there was such a big movement of like money, money, money and like just 
wealth extravagance, I think. And now it's it's sort of coming back to like Casey Neistat returning to YouTube. I'm sure everybody talked about all of this stuff. I'm appreciating that almost like homecoming that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ryan Trans definitely led that um, with that Penny series. Oh, absolutely. And I'm curious to see what he's going to do next. I think he should just do another Penny series. The same or, thing. I like would just do the same go thing. Ar- but like, like circumnavigate the globe. Or yeah. Something. Or, or <laughs> g- give, giving a penny to Elon Musk, I think would be an interesting one. Or just pick someone who's maybe unattainable and be like, I'm going to do that person. Mm-hmm. Or he did the trading a penny to a house, but maybe like do that again would be interesting. Like, give him, like uh, I think he's got to like go up a little bit. I think oh, going around yeah. the, the world would be really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do that in another country. Circumnavigate the globe on a penny. Mm-hmm. Take me, Ryan. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be interesting. I'm curious with your, your different avenues of content creation and the products surrounding them. What has been your biggest financial mistake? Full self-driving on your Tesla. You that is that? expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah, did that yeah. for a YouTube that. video. Just and immediately, like, me. afterwards, it's like, <laughs> I regret this so much. Because it's like oh, eight grand or something. Yeah. It's 12 grand now. Yeah. yeah. It's went so up. expensive. Yeah. He wanted to make a video around it. Because all the other Tesla videos do super well. And he yeah. makes money. But this one, I think the video just underperformed. Yeah, so and like, I've, I've had a really bad run. Every time I've spent money for a video, I've lost money. Every single time. Uh, the Pokemon card one? Uh, it took two years to break even on that. But you did. Yeah. But I did break even after two years. Now you're profitable. But not no, okay. So now I'm profitable. With um, the Pokemon card. You with the Pokemon card. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that was a video where like I had made three Tesla videos in six months, and all of them did one to three million views. And so I thought, well, full self driving would be interesting. I'm going to buy it and then review it, and then it's it should make its money back in ad revenue, and it didn't. The video mm. bombed. Um, I re- why do you think that happened though? Probably bad title thumbnail. I thought it was an interesting video, but I don't really think people cared that much about it. And I probably just miscalculated, but, uh, you know, I, the video made two grand back, so I'm, I'm in the whole six grand for full self-driving, so it could be worse. <laughs> but, yeah, I look at that, and it was just like, <laughs> I spent so much time on that video. And Jack was helping me film at that time. We were, like, looking for locations to film and, like, reverse into certain spots, and we, I spent so long on that video. Are you proud of the product? Uh, it's a good video, but yeah. uh, but I judge those videos by like the ROI. I just mm-hmm. uh, everything has to have the ROI on it. That does not. So have that's an where ROI. you find your satisfaction is just ROI. So it could be the worst video you've ever made. You could be like, I don't think that's my best. And if it's a one out of ten, you're like, <laughs> kind oh, yeah. of yeah, because I, huh. because that means the audience likes it. So I don't really make too many videos for myself. I think of what the audience would want to see. And so I, I gauge that metric based on how many views it gets, what, what's the retention, what's the, the the overall sentiment about the video in terms of like the comments and if people like it or not. So I make content for the viewer. But, but you I don't mean, think I, that harms but, you whenever you get a 10 out of 10 and it's a bad day? Uh, I've done better about not taking it personally because then I think to myself, well, it's title thumbnail or I, I misjudged how big the audience is on this. And some of them I know are going to be 10s out of 10s, but long tail, like I would say once a month, I post a video purposely, like how to invest $100 a day as an example. I know my audience is not going to be interested in that, but it picks up a new audience. So over a year, it'll do really well because people are interested in that. But in the short term, it doesn't. So, so I kind of go, investment. right. Yeah. But like passive income and side hustle videos are the examples. I say this all the time. I don't like making them, but people love watching them. So every 
six months, I'll make a passive income video or a side mm -hmm. hustle video because people enjoy it. Like an but eat your veggies video. Like you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Um, the audience enjoys it. There's an interest in that. I don't want to deprive them of those videos just because I personally don't like it. Like it's for me, it's more about the viewer and their enjoyment yeah. of it. So if they're happy with it, then I'm happy with it. So okay. I hope that answers it. Well, that's yeah. pretty good. I mean, yeah. if you're... Your biggest loss was 6K on a um, on a single video. No, then. I mean, a bigger loss was, was probably not paying attention to things that I should have been paying attention to. There were a few things that I've done over the past like a year where I should have been more involved than I wasn't. And because I was not as involved as I, I should have been, um, they didn't turn out as expected. Like content but adjacent. Content yes. adjacent stuff, yeah. But that I blame myself for because I think, well, I should, you know, I've been prioritizing all these other things. And if I'm going to do something, I really should be fully involved and I can't be as involved as I would need to while maintaining everything else. So like something's got to give. Yeah. I'm not willing to sacrifice anything yeah, at this exactly. point. So like, you know. And in, your t in terms of like your hierarchy of yeah. what is important to you is content first then and then the other. Yeah, it's goes. always main channel, podcast right below that, second channel, vlog channels down there. Um, but the main channel has always been the priority because that, that's like the top of the line funnel. Like people come from the main channel, yeah. then go to the podcast. It used to be main channel, second channel podcast, but now the podcast is, is just doing way better. So I think main channel podcast, and we have a lot of um, overlap between the two. And for these other ventures you explored, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. was it the partnership with the other people involved or was it just like, you've, you know, I don't know if you felt this, but sometimes I feel like I've got to make a product because everyone says I'm supposed to mm. and, or. Probably a combination of both. What is your advice in terms of listening to that gut instinct for, yeah, for every, myself, if yeah, I'm like gonna every time, it. every time I've gone against my gut because people have told me, "Oh, this is a good idea. You should be doing this." I've lost money and I've been miserable, and so I've stopped. and And that's part of it because I've just always had this this air of like, I, I I know what what's best. I know what I'm doing, but other people are telling me, "No, you should do this and do this," and it makes like really trusted people. And I'm like, maybe I should do that. That's a good idea, but I don't think it's for me. And every time I've done that, even if it's not something I really feel passionate about, I've just lost money it's taken away focus i'm stressed about it. it's not worth it that's how i felt yeah. about like even just simple merch t-shirt hoodie whatever yeah. because i feel that my audience is going to expect a certain level of quality or even that it's an athletic material or whatever and i don't know yeah i i've struggled even yeah. just simply doing that i've always found that unless i'm able to give it a hundred percent and like dedicate everything to it it doesn't turn out as it should it's not as good as it could be if i was like really into it. Like I have yeah. to be as obsessed as I am with the main channel on something else. And if I'm not doing that, then it's not going to be as good. We're thank back. you for coming so on the Ice Coffee really Hour. Appreciate it. it means a lot yeah. for you to spare this time for us. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Feel free to add me on Instagram, JLSSELBY. Thank you so much. And that's And get your free stock at public.com. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Is there anything you want to shout out? Yeah, you can follow me at Michelle Carre on YouTube and everywhere else. Cool. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you seriously for doing this. Oh my God. Yeah.